Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Pardons meeting to order. Secretary, will you please call the roll? Justice Paragary. Uh, here. Justice Hardesty. Here. Justice Pickering? Here. Justice Gibbons? Here. Justice Seda? Here. Justice Cherry? Present at the RJC in Las Vegas. Chief Justice Douglas? Here. Attorney General Masto? Here. Governor Sandoval? Here. We have a quorum. We will move straight into our agenda. Item 2A, Marion Asieo. Inmate number 93082. Somebody present on behalf Sandoval, members of the board. Um, I am Carrie Malone from the State Public Defender's Office, and it is my privilege to represent Marianne Osiello. Marianne is here um, requesting some relief from her sentence of 120 to 300 months for trafficking in controlled substance. Uh, she's been in prison for about six years. Her first parole eligibility will be in 2016. At this point, she is asking the board for commutation to an immediate parole or immediate parole eligibility. She's put together a very strong case plan for her release. I just would like to give the board an idea of what Ms. Osiello has done since she has uh, come to prison. As I think the uh, materials reflect, um, she was having some extremely serious problems when she was arrested. And I believe one thing she will tell you is that probably her arrest was one of the best things that happened because it prevented any destruction to either herself or her family, even given the damage that it did do. Uh, Ms. Osiello comes from a very, very strong and close family. Um, her parents were married for over 40 years until her father died. Her brothers and sister are all in the same area. Her mother still takes care of her sister. Uh, the children are all close. She maintains a very close relationship with uh, her first husband um, and with her stepdaughter from that marriage. And all of these people have pledged their support to her upon her release. I believe what Ms. Osiello will tell the board is that for her, prison has actually been a very positive experience. It has given her the tools that she needed to take control back in her own life uh, and to make the real steps to recovery 
so that she can serve society in a positive way, take back, I mean, give back, and be for, to, for some of what she has uh, taken and be responsible for, for herself and for her family. Uh, as you can see from the materials, she has taken many classes to address her problems. She's been involved in continual rehabilitation programs. She freely expresses her view that she will forever need to stay in counseling and treatment to maintain sobriety and to uh, help her on her recovery process, which she believes is a lifelong process. But she is very committed to that process because she wishes and needs and believes in restoring her family. Uh, she has always maintained consistent and frequent contact with her family throughout the time she's been incarcerated. And she has worked extremely hard on healing uh, her relationships, especially with her two oldest boys. Uh, Michael, who, as you would understand, could not be here today to support her because he's recently been deployed to Iraq, um, was extremely angry with her for, such a, for quite a long time because this whole experience tore their family apart. Um, her inability to make wise decisions and her falling into the depths of drug addiction. And she has managed, she and Michael have managed to work on that anger and to work on their relationship and they are extremely close now and he's very supportive of her. Uh, her son Curtis, um, I believe, um, also had anger issues, but his were directed more towards the system, towards the courts and the police and those mean people who took his mom away. And she has made sure to explain to him that absolutely the only person at fault in this whole thing was her. Everyone else did exactly what they were supposed to do, and they stopped her, and they put her where she needed to be, and then they've given her the tools to come back to him and be the mother that she needs to be. And again, they too have now established a very powerful and very close relationship. Uh, the littler boys, small, don't really understand yet, but she has worked with them as well. Uh, she is close to her mother, her brother. Um, all of these people, as you'll see from the letters and things, have, have expressed their their need for her home and um, their desire to help her when she gets out. Um, she has also worked continuously while she's been in prison. Um, and there's a letter of support from her prison supervisor. She has consistently been able to send home roughly $500 a month to support her mother and sister and children and also to put money away into a bank account for herself as a sort of foundational fund uh, for when she gets out so that she can have something to start with and work towards the future on. I know uh, very much that she would like to address the board. I just wanted to emphasize for the board the, as the uh, criteria for applications stress the exceptional strides in self-development and self-improvement. Ms. Asiello has made and her deep recognition of, of her own 
mistakes, her own culpability and her own responsibility for what's happened to her and to her family and to her community at large, um, which is another thing she hopes to be able to work with when she comes out. And I know she would like to speak to the board, and I believe her family also has uh, a couple of representatives that would like to address the board. And before we hear from Ms. Asiello, I would um, I do have some questions for you. Um, there is a significant statement of participation in programming in the prison system. There is one note in there for discipline for refusal to participate in the ARCH program. Do you have the nature of, of that refusal? My understanding on that was that she felt at that particular time that wasn't helping. She was working on something more personal with herself. Um, and that was why she withdrew from that program at that time. Um, she certainly is wholeheartedly committed to uh, recovery and to improvement and to self-discipline. Why wasn't there an effort to return to that program after that initial refusal to participate in it, in the ARCH program? Honestly, I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, you'll have to ask her. Okay, well, if you'll hold that question. Secondly, um, you said that there's a, um, there's a plan if she's to receive favorable consideration yeah. by this board as well as the, the, the parole board. What, can you provide some more specifics with regard to what that plan would be? Her plan would be to live with her mother uh, and help take care of her sister and take her boys, get return custody of her boys. Her, her, uh, her brother has had custody of the boys. Um, Michael, of course, doesn't need immediate care. He's on his own. He's married. He has a child. Um, the others are still in school, still finishing up. And so her plan would be to live with her, either with or near her mother. I believe it's with her mother. Help take care of her sister. She also has um, some job opportunities from friends of the family who are willing to offer her um, positions when they have them. I believe there's a letter to that effect in the materials. Yeah, there is a letter from Mr. Guritz, I believe from Krypton Express is the name of the company. It essentially states if there's work of if there's if work when available, there's work available. Yes. that he would, would yes. hire her. Uh, my question goes more, and I understand the family support, but my concern is this, and to Ms. Asiello's credit, she states that she is not overly confident to think that she's cured in her personal statement. So what is the plan with regard, I mean, right now she's in a controlled environment. She has that programming at the prison. What's the programming if she were to be released? Oh, um, she would continue to be involved in what she's doing now, which is this Celebrate Recovery program, um, which is a very intensive, very uh, um, closely monitored with, within itself um, and, and uh, very, um, I'm not sure how I'm trying to explain it. Um, it's a very intensive program, at least. And so she that's wants an to extra continue treatment and going into whatever programs, other programs could be available. But that Celebrate Recovery is within the prison program. What is the programming upon release? I believe it exists outside the prison as well. In Pahrump? Yeah. That's, yes. And, what it, and, and forgive my ignorance on it, what exactly is that programming? Is that a... Again, at that level, I believe what you're asking, you're going to have to ask her because I don't know the details of how it operates. And have you had an opportunity 
I was provided with a, a letter from the office of the district attorney in Nye County from that was presented to me yesterday that raised some issues. Have you had an opportunity to review that, that correspondence? Um, perhaps why Mrs. Osiello is speaking, you give you a brief opportunity. I have another Thank copy you, of yes. that that I'd love to share with you. You may approach if you like okay. a, Thank you. a copy of this. Do any members of the board have any questions for her attorney? Governor, I just had one. Justice Gibbons. Uh, yes, uh, Ms. Malone, I, perhaps your client could address this, but I understand with the employment that possibly you know, she'll have work if there is work available with this uh, company. Uh, you know, my, my concern, I can tell you, know, Chief Justice Douglas and I work with the specialty courts, uh, drug courts and all uh, extensively, and, you know, at least my experience has been that, you know, if you don't have a regular job, you're more apt to maybe slip back into selling drugs to help support yourself. And also, when she speaks, maybe she can give us a little more detail on that, because I, I know if you're working, you have steady employment, you're less inclined to try and take the easy way out and start selling drugs. Right. Again. So that, that's my concern. Then. And bear in mind also that one of the reasons she needs to be with her mom and with her sister is, I believe, again, the materials show is her sister is disabled and needs direct hands physical care, um, which her mother is, it's getting harder and harder for her mother to do. So in terms of keeping her structured, off the streets, you know, and focused, that's another thing that will serve her well um, in terms of giving her something she actually has to do. Thank you. Would you like to hear from Ms. Osiello now or? Yes, please. Good morning. I want to thank you first of all for choosing me um, for this part in sports, this once in a lifetime opportunity. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to thank you for choosing me in this once in a lifetime opportunity. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. I have young children who have suffered from my absence. I have a family. Um, as my attorney pointed out, my father has passed away since my incarceration. And just a few weeks ago, a very dear family friend had passed away. I've missed being there with my family because of the mistakes I've made. I've taken my incarceration and I've used it to my advantage. I've taken classes. I'm in continuous ongoing recovery. I attend AA and NA. I work for Prison Industries job. I send money home. So I've used it to my advantage to help succeed. My children need me home. But more importantly, I'm ready and I've gained what I need to gain to succeed out there. I would like to be able to be there to help my mom with my handicapped sister. I would like to be able to be there for my new grandson. And my statement about not feeling like I'm cured, I just, I'm being real and know that I need ongoing, continuous treatment. AANA, um, I'm in Celebrate Recovery currently, which will continue on 
if I am given relief. It is an intense program. You work the steps. It's also a Christian-based program. So I want to continue with that. I would like to mentor people um, and be a sponsor to people. I know I have affected my community negatively. And I have taken everything I've done and tried turning it into a positive. Thank you. Ms. Alcio, I'd like to follow up with a question I had for Ms. Malone with regard to your decision not to participate in the ARCH program. Could you provide some more information with regard to the background for that Sorry. decision? When I first got out of intake, I went into the ARCH program. I went in and I was what they call sergeant at arms. And I feel recovery, I need to focus on me and my problems and not other people in the group talking and writing them tickets because that isn't going to help me in my recovery. of addiction and I need to focus on my issues that stem from that. And they were in the process of changing everything around. I was going to go back. Now they have made it a rule you have to be two years from your eligibility date to go into the program. So I've done other classes to continue with my recovery. And the, could you provide a little more detail with regard to the Celebrate Recovery program and how that works out in Pahrump? Yes, sir. Um, it's a very extensive long-term program. Um, we do the 12 steps. Again, it's a Christian-based program. We are monitored very closely. We have group meetings. Share our experiences. Um, we work on issues that we have had that brought us into the addiction, and we try to overcome them. We make amends. We, you know, we have to face what we have done, which I believe I have done. I know that my incarceration is my fault. Hey, who who operates? Celebrate Recovery Program. It's through Christian Cent or Central Christian, um, and they brought it into the prison. We're like a pilot program. They also um, have a big service on Saturday nights that's um, on the internet. Um, they are now focusing on doing other programs in the prison um, to help for release. So it was the prison that brought them in. And the reason I'm asking so many questions about this, because I'm very concerned about once you're outside of a controlled environment, yes, your ability to stay away, part of that is going to hinge on the structure that you have on the outside and particularly the programming that you participate in. So I, what I'm hearing is that there's something within the prison system. What I'd like more detail is what exactly you would go to in Pahrump, because Pahrump is where you would reside, is it not? Yeah. They have um, offices or, or buildings all over Nevada, Southern Nevada. I don't know if they've hit Northern Nevada yet, but they're all over Southern Nevada. And um, I do have phone numbers, and um, they have cards that they provide to us to continue on once we leave the institution. Um, I've also informed 
my attorney that um, I would like to do other treatment programs that are available to me. Um, there is a West Care program um, that is a counseling for drug addiction in Pahrump. There is AANA in Pahrump. So I, I have a few opportunities to go to different places. It's, so it will be ongoing. Is there, you do have significant support from the letters, but there's nothing in here that would confirm that you're going to participate in a particular program if you were to receive favorable consideration and ultimately be released. I didn't know if it was appropriate for me to ask them for something like that, because like I've went to caseworkers and asked them, and they said that they were not allowed to write letters. Um, so I didn't know if it was appropriate for me to approach that, um, because it is within the institution and it is a write-up if they feel like you're approaching someone on a wrong level. So I did not approach that. Any members of the If I may, um, I have the same uh, concerns that the governor has. Uh, I also note that uh, this isn't your first uh, brush with a trafficking charge. You were uh, charged and uh, uh, convicted uh, previously, and you were actually given a break then. Correct. Um, and, uh, what happened? Why didn't you get the message the first time when you were given your first break? Justice Peregrine, may I follow that because I have a similar question. You were um, clean and sober by and through the court drug program, at least according to your record. Um, and so all of the same um, opportunities, AA, um, NA, um, sobriety, and West Care were available to you then, other than your controlled environment that the governor is talking about. What's the tools? And I have the means. I've taken my incarceration very seriously. And I do have the tools I need to succeed out there. I continued down a wrong path after my first time in trouble. Um, I don't believe that I was serious about my recovery back then. And I continued down that destruction. If I may, I, I, I suggest you know, the board understands what, at some level, what addiction is. Um, and it is such a powerful illness, um, for lack of a better word that I can think of right now. Um, relapse is part of it. One thing that she had not had at the time that these uh, for her first, her first um, convictions, and again with her, as the Nye County District Attorney suggests, uh, her comments at sentencing, all of that I think should be considered in the context of someone who has not been in prison for five years, who has not had the time to actually look clean and sober at what the problem and what the addiction has done to her family and to her life, who has not had the time to grow and mature, and who is still pretty deeply in the throes of that. Um, she's in a bit of a rock and a hard place in terms of responding to some of the comments in this letter, simply because now that she has the five years of isolation and uh, withdrawal and prison uh, under her belt, 
she's going to say the same things. It's kind of a, it's inevitable. I mean, she wants to get out. She wants to help her family. She wants to fix herself and improve herself. And she has done a lot of work during those five years that she actually had not had the opportunity to do. Simply to say, well, she needs to continue in that structured environment um, there's, there's no clear timeline about when that should end in that case. If that's just the environment that she can only do, if that's the argument that she can only do well in a structured environment, then I guess she should stay in prison forever because at some point she needs her chance. And the department has considered her and looked at her and has recommended that she be granted eligibility. Um, and she has taken that time. Her supervisors within the prison have recognized her work and her efforts. And at this point, the Pardons Board is here to exercise that clemency and that mercy on someone who has tried so hard and done, taken the tools that the system has given her and, and worked with them and used them to her best advantage. May I ask a question from Las Vegas, please? Justice Cherry, please proceed. Yes. Uh, what, what concerns me is I think we're dealing with a mandatory minimum here of 10 years, correct? Yes. And what I worry about is, uh, and you know, I come from the criminal defense bar, uh, my career, a public defender, a special public defender. Uh, we, the, she has served five years, is that correct? Um, I think it's a little bit more, but it's roughly five years, yeah. And the reason I say that is it's like uh, it's opening the door to everyone who's got mandatory minimum sentences and trafficking or other mandatory minimums to come before the pardons board to ask that the mandatory minimum not apply. And I think that's contrary to what the legislature has, uh, has requested in these trafficking drug cases. So that's my concern. You want to respond to that as to why this case would be so different than anybody else who's sitting in prison uh, with a mandatory minimum of 10 years when they've only served less than six? Some of the, I understand your argument, Justice Cherry. It's um, one of the reasons the legislature did impose these large sentences um, from a reading of the legislative history, I believe, was because they were hoping to hold a kind of hammer over people, even who trafficked in smaller amounts, to maybe go after the bigger, bigger dealers and hope that. Uh, it would give people an incentive to turn on the bigger dealers. It's not really working out that way in a lot of ways. Um, people are serving incredibly long sentences for ultimately what are small, small amounts of, of this drug. Um, and I would submit that the purpose of the board is, is simply to give those people who have put extra effort into rehabilitating themselves that level of consideration is what the board is for. And we've done this with some uh, uh, folks that are illegal, uh, where they've had these mandatory minimums, and we've uh, had an agreement with uh, ICE uh, uh, Immigration and the Customs Enforcement that if they do come back, uh, there'd be prosecution by the federal authorities. So it's not uncalled for, and I understand where you're coming from, and I guess there's always a reason to make an exception, even though the legislature has asked that uh, there be mandatory minimums in this case. I appreciate your answer. Yes. Justice Pickering. Um, my concern is that you were given a chance 
before and went through the drug program and were completed it successfully and were released, and less than two years later, you're back with drug trafficking. And the question I have is, what led you back into drugs and drug trafficking in such a short, relatively short period of time after what was a very serious offense and a break and the opportunity for the programs and programming that you've now received again? I don't believe that I took my sobriety seriously. Um, I've never lost what I have lost since my incarceration. I've never had the hardship, um, the seriousness about my recovery as I do now. Um, I was still in my addiction when I did the drug court program. It took me two years to complete that program because of my disease. Yes, I completed it and I went on to probation and did a counseling. But at that time, I didn't know what incarceration was all about. I didn't lose what I have lost since my incarceration. I have gained a lot. I have used my incarceration to gain the tools I need, and I didn't have that before. And what tools I did get, I didn't take seriously. I know I can ask for help, and I know that there's help out there. I have the resources today. So it was just the pull of the addiction that led you back, not yes, the particular? Okay. Thank you. Governor, I have a question for Ms. Bisbee. Justice Hardesty. Ms. Bisbee uh, or Brian, uh, what is the projected uh, release, or excuse me, parole eligibility date uh, if she continues to earn credits allowed by the statute? Her current parole, or first parole eligibility date is March 18th, 2016, with an expiration date of March 12th, 2019, sir. Any further questions from board members? Governor, just, just for the, uh, I know there's a recommendation to, uh, uh, from the state to grant her uh, immediate parole eligibility. I, I'm just curious as to why. Your Honor, uh, Greg Cox, uh, Director of Department of Corrections. Uh, based on her institutional adjustment, uh, her behavior and her programming and the nature of the offense, Thank you. Is there anyone else present who would like to speak on behalf of Ms. Asiello? Good morning, ma'am. If you'd please state Good your morning, name for the Governor record. and members of the board. My name is Georgiana Malovich, and I'm the mother. Georgiana, G-E-O-R-G-I-A-N-A. -A. Last name is Mahalovich, M-I-H-A-L-O-V-I-C. And I'm the mother of Mary. 
We all need her at home. Her handicapped sister, which is in the back of the room in a wheelchair, wishes to have her sister released because I'm not, I'm not young anymore. I've lost a husband since she's been incarcerated. I really need her help. I'm sure everybody would say the same thing. Her children also need a home with plenty of love, only love a mother can give. She's, the children are being taken care of, but they need their mother. Mary missed her dad's death and a very close friend's death. She now realizes how a close family can fall apart, so we all need to be together. Life is short. Mary is now a grandmother. Her son, Mike, being in Iraq, and I also have a picture of Mike here. Needs a, uh, Mary to help with his two-month-old baby, Anthony. The mother is only 19, so Mary would be of great help. Mary has come a long way from the five and a half years. She now realizes how foolish and wrong she was, doing drugs and giving drugs more attention than her family. She now faces all her mistakes and does not blame anyone but herself. She accepts her mistakes. She would not, but she, years ago she would not accept her mistakes, but now she talks of how her mistakes ruined her life and that of her children and her family. I am sort of glad Mary spent time in prison. She surely has grown into a fine woman I know she can be and the woman she was raised to be. I'm a very honest person. I call a spade a spade and I'm willing to agree that Mary should be released and for her to come home where she belongs is needed and loved. She has my total support. Please consider her release. I see the difference in Mary now than I've seen long time ago. When I would say something to her five and a half, six years ago, she'd turn away, she'd call me, she wouldn't talk to me. That was her way of getting away from me complaining to her about what I knew she was doing. She's come a long way. She admits to her mistakes. Her children need her. We all need her at home. Please consider her release. Thank you very much. Thank you, ma'am. Hello, Governor Sandoval and members of the board. My name is Curtis Hatherly. I am one of Mary Osceola's children. My older brother, Michael Cooper, is serving in Baghdad, so I will be talking for me and my brothers today. We are currently living with my uncle, but would much rather be living with my mother. My mother has been incarcerated for five and a half years, and within that time, I can see the differences in her opinions. I can tell she wants to be a family again, and she would put us before drugs. I have seen my mom about three times in the last five and a half years. Both of my little brothers are so young and they need a mother. I know my mom wants to be our, in our family or in our life because ever since she's been away from us, she wants to know as much as she possibly can about our lives, school and what our grades are and more. She does much as she possibly can for us in there. When she was first in there, she didn't understand herself, but now she does. She knows it was herself that did it and nobody else. I really want my home, mom home because right now I really need a mother and always will. So thank you for your time. Thank you, Curtis. And Curtis, you're, you spell your name K-U-R-T-I-S? Yeah. And, and for the benefit of the reporter, it's H-A-T-H-E-R-L-Y?
Is there anyone else present who would like to speak on behalf of Mrs. Asiello? Right, we do have, or I was presented, and I believe the other members of the board were presented with a letter from the Lyon County, or Nye County, excuse me, District Attorney dated June 22nd, 2011. Is there a representative of the Nye County District Attorney's Office here? My name is Kirk Vitto. I represent the Nye County District Attorney's Office and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to speak with you this morning. Um, I've written a few versions of what I anticipated um, saying this morning and uh, as I was blessed with the breathtaking view on the way here this morning from the airport, uh, I'm going to stick with the one that came to my mind then grabbed a pen on the way here at the a.m. p.m. market and scribbled it out on this paper. So when we negotiate cases, we take into consideration the charges, the history. Uh, we listen to the victims. We listen to law enforcement. And then importantly, obviously, we have to look at the statutory sentencing range and then make a call and make a decision not dissimilar to what you're doing today by taking in this information, reading everything, listening to everything, and making the call. On the way here, I couldn't help but think what a huge day this is for Marion Osiello. Her heart has to be going like a little bird's sitting over there behind my right shoulder. Her hopes have to be sky high. And the devastation of a denial is going to be huge. I can appreciate and understand what she's going through. I also had uh, about a month ago, completely unsolicited, had no idea, had the opportunity to speak to her brother, uh, who's going to be a witness for us in an upcoming meth money murder trial. One victim dead, another victim stabbed 20, 30 times. She lived. Uh, I didn't know it was her brother, but he took the opportunity to talk about how difficult life has been for him. Apparently, he's been the primary caretaker, at least that's what he told me, of uh, her children. Nevertheless, the four criteria that were applicable at the times that she's been sentenced previously are still as applicable today general deterrence, specific deterrence, rehabilitation, and retribution. I picked up on the same comments that some of you have in regard to the diagnostic impression. She needs a controlled environment. Well, she's got a controlled environment. Um, I mean, the purpose at this point is for her to not to relapse again. Um, she points out that in her candor, as I addressed in my letter, I can appreciate the fact that she candidly recognizes that she's not cured, but frankly, that causes me some concern. As we think about what's going to happen, for me at least, from my perspective, if I think about the system and keeping intact the integrity of the system, this is easy. 
the legislature has spoken, the court has spoken, and it just needs to be upheld. I was shocked to hear a judge tell me at one point that he was told by the Nevada Department of Corrections that if he really wanted people to stay the minimum mandatory, that he should write a separate letter explaining that to them. And I was quite surprised to hear that. I thought the judgment of conviction would be all that anyone needed. It's not like a district court sits at sentencing and does things willy-nilly. The human aspect to this is obviously much more difficult. Marion Osiello is a human being. She suffers, she cries. I'm sure, there, I'm sure she laughs in prison. I'm sure she is getting everything out of her programs that she is supposed to get out of those programs. She's a human being. She cares, she feels, she loves. But to be complete, what has to be considered is not necessarily what she wants, but what's necessarily what, what's best for her. What's best for her, what's best for her family, what's best for her kids without causing more trouble. What's best for our little community when Marion Osiello is going to return with a plan that sounds like a very stressful, high-risk recipe for disaster. Marion Osiello wants to return to Pahrump. She has some idea of how she's going to maintain her sobriety, although she doesn't really know where she's going to go, how she's going to do that. Certainly, I can tell you that if she makes herself available to the Fifth Judicial Drug Court program, they'll do everything they can. And they're good. They're effective. They're, they're, there's a program there. They can plug her into things. Of course, it's all based upon whether she wants to do it. They can't force her to be there. She's going to come home without a job. She's going to help her mom, who's getting older. She's going to help her disabled sister. She's going to try to get her kids back. And she's going to take on everybody else's problems. And that sounds like a recipe for disaster to me, for her. Council pointed out that she's had no opportunity in the past. That just flies in the face of everything that Clark County did do for her, that she availed herself of then, having completed the Eighth Judicial Drug Court program. A small amount of methamphetamine, high-level trafficking. She had 85 grams of methamphetamine in her car with her children. She had over 3,000 pills at home. One response to one of the questions posed to her this morning was, why the relapse? And she said it was the lure or the pull of the addiction. Well, it was more than that. This wasn't personal use. She was making money. This was her job. She told the court that. I didn't want to go on welfare. I didn't want to be a burden to the state. So I decided to do this. It was more than the addiction that brought her back. It was the economics of it. Did she have serious problems when she was arrested? Oh, yes, she did. Was this the rest the best thing that ever happened to her, as she says to the court today? Maybe it will be. But certainly that first time should have been enough. 
unless I'm mistaken, charges were at least dramatically reduced from the trafficking that she originally faced there. I'm not so sure that she's gotten all of the tools necessary to be able to succeed on the outside. I'm convinced that she should be favorably looked at at her first eligibility. There are exceptions to every rule, and rightly so in my estimation. This panel, this board, has to decide if Marion Osiello is an exception to the rule that would give her the relief she seeks, having served half of the minimum sentence imposed. She should, I believe that she's learned this, and I hope she takes to heart that people who look like they're dumping on you aren't always trying to hurt you, and that people who may look like they're helping you don't always have your best interests at heart. Um, I am completely confident of this. Whatever you decide, if you decide to let her go today or not, I have complete faith that this board will make the right decision. I have nothing to add if you have any questions. Thank you, Mr. Vito. And given your experience there in Pahrump and Knight County, are you familiar with that Celebrate Recovery program? I am not. Some of the programs that we hear um, used in the community, most importantly, or the most predominant or prevalent, of course, is the, is the court's drug court program. Um, and I know that within that drug court program, they avail themselves of everything. And we certainly use WestCare a lot. I don't know that WestCare is there. Um, I've never heard that Celebrate Recovery is in Pahrump. That doesn't mean that they aren't, but I, I haven't heard that before. Um, we've used um, the Walter Hoving Home in Las Vegas to great success. It's a voluntary placement. Um, I believe Centrum is exclusively for uh, men. Thank you. Any other questions from board members? Thank you, Mr. Vito. Is there anyone else present who would like to speak on behalf of Ms. Asiello? Are there any other final comments of board members? Justice Hardesty. Yes, Governor. Um, <clears throat> appreciate the comments by Mr. Vitto. I'm sure those could be made in any drug, drug trafficking case. The purpose of the board here is to examine whether this person should be eligible for parole. We're not releasing anybody. We're simply giving this individual an opportunity uh, to seek uh, parole through the parole board and let the parole board do its job in assessing whether this individual has progressed far enough in her controlled environment and with the program she has availed herself of to determine whether she should then be released under parole supervision in a structured environment through their efforts. I have great faith in the parole board and I think they do a great job and they're very effective in making this assessment. As well, I have great faith in the recommendation of uh, Director Cox and his staff because they have recognized in this case that this is an individual who has made significant progress 
while incarcerated, a piece of information the sentencing judge nor Mr. Vitto could have at the time sentencing occurs. I think it's appropriate for the board to consider those kinds of efforts by inmates, including those who've engaged in trafficking. There is no science, there's no explicit uh, recognition as to when a person's light goes on and makes progress in this serious addiction problem. And for that reason, Governor, I'd move to grant the relief requested in accordance with the director's recommendation. There is a motion by Justice Hardesty to approve the recommendation as stated in the agenda. Is there a second? I would second, Governor. There's a second by Justice Gibbons. Is there any discussion or questions on the motion? Just clarification. Justice Douglas. And that is only for immediate uh, parole eligibility? That's correct. Just eligibility for parole, not release. And again, to restate that motion as stated by Justice Hardesty, it is a motion to grant the relief as recommended by the Department of Corrections, which would make Ms. Asiello immediately eligible for consideration by the parole board. Yes, sir. Is there any further discussion or questions on the motion? Seeing and hearing none, uh, will the secretary please do the roll call, please? Justice Paragary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Seda? No. Justice Cherry? No. Chief Justice Douglas? Justice. No. Attorney General Masto? No. Governor Sandoval? No. Motion fails. Well, the next item on the agenda, item 2B, Michelle March, inmate number 1012904. Is there someone present on behalf of Ms. March? Thank you, Governor. Uh, to please the board, Richard Cornell, uh, appearing for Ms. March. Ms. March is in the same legal position as Ms. Osiello, and much of what uh, Ms. Malone and certainly Justice Hardesty said I could repeat uh, factually, I think her case is a little different, um, and I'd like to approach my case a little differently. Uh, I'd like to start 
by saying clearly uh, this woman is a drug addict. She's a drug addict in recovery. She's a middle-aged drug addict in recovery. Uh, but she is a drug addict. And for anybody in recovery uh, who has lifelong recovery, a support system is imperative. Uh, Ms. March has that, and I'd like to introduce to you some of the support system who have come here. Uh, and if I call, as I call your name, if you please stand. I have Jennifer March, uh, uh, my client's daughter. I have Griffin March, uh, her husband. I have Griffin March, I guess you could say junior, uh, my client's son. I have Stephen Gregory, uh, who is her brother. I have Shauna Farmer, who is her niece. I have Tina Cecil, who's a close friend of the family. I have Josiah Rivera, grandson. He will not be speaking today. I have Eric Rivera, a future son-in-law. And I have Teresa Heath, uh, another close friend of the family. I'm not going to call on any of them to speak, save and except Jennifer March, because I think she can address the board with the kind of questions you were asking of Ms. Malone and Ms. Auxilio in terms of what is your future if this board should grant grace to my client. So, Jennifer, if you will. Good morning, Ms. March. If you'd please state your name and spell it for the record. My name is Jennifer March, J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R, March, M-A-R-C-H. Thank you. Um, I am here for my mother, Michelle Marjo. I'm sorry. Take your time. And um, my mom has never had the chance to have help for recovery. I wish I would have known she had a problem. I would have been there to help her. Um, I had something to write down to say, but I can't. <laughs> but um, if she is granted a chance for help, I've contacted uh, several rehabs. I've contacted the launching pad where they said they always have a bed available. I've contacted oh my gosh, the Safe Harbor, the Ridge House for drug offenders, Salvation Army, Bristlecombe, and Westcare. Um, she also, if she is granted in hope, she has a place to live. She has a job lined up. Um, I know, I know if she had the chance before to have help with her addiction, she would have taken it. My mother wants rehab, and she has her, her whole family behind her in supporting her. We want to see her do well, and we want to see her be well. Um, I don't know what else. Take your time, ma'am. Jennifer, <laughs> before you go, my understanding is that several of the places you've contacted have sent out applications. Yes. Well, if, you, if you could tell the board which ones have done that and where the applications have gone. She has, she has an application for the launching pad. Um, I've talked to Barbara Piercing at the launching pad also um, for Safe Harbor. I've talked to 
to Bristlecombe, and they told me that if she is granted, then they go on with the procedure of getting her, sending her application, but that's only if she is granted. Um, I've also talked to My Journey Home, which they provide counseling for um, drug offenders. And I can't think right now, I'm sorry. I'm really nervous. And I had so much to say, but I... No, and again, if it's easier for you, you can read your statement. I don't want to limit you in any way. So if you have any statements... Thank you. Please feel free, yeah. Okay. My, my mom's always tried to help other people. She's always tried... She's always helped her family. She's always been there for everybody. I had no idea that she needed help herself. I don't, I have nothing else to say. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, I'll add to what Jennifer has told you that uh, the launching pad and Safe Harbor sent their applications directly to Michelle at Florence McClure Women's. Uh, she's filled them out. Obviously, it's premature to send them because she's got to get relief from this board. But uh, should relief be granted uh, once uh, she gets on the uh, uh, parole agenda for parole, she will have those sent out and, and she'll have her parole package well in hand. Uh, I look at this package and I play devil's advocate and I ask why should the board deny this or what am I going to run into? First off, the Department of Corrections has recommended immediate parole eligibility. Uh, second off, I spoke with Mr. Helzer uh, Assistant District Attorney of Washoe County, this of course was a Washoe County <coughs> that uh, his office had no objection provided there is a substantial parole tail. Uh, I consider the argument that Justice Cherry mentioned with respect to Ms. Auxilio, but in this case Ms. March rendered substantial assistance, in fact quite substantial assistance. She was involved in two controlled hand-to-hand -hand sales that resulted in successful arrest. Um, that would have given, the legislature intended to give sentencing discretion immediately. And as I indicated in my letter, unfortunately this happened in 2007 when a Lucero argument wasn't available because Lucero wasn't decided until this year. Um, one of the things I didn't mention in my letter and should have, but I didn't know about it at the time because I'd just gotten on the case, is that when Ms. March rendered a substantial assistance, the district attorney's office uh, made an offer to her. She could either plead to level three and with the stipulated substantial assistance, she would get probation with no objection, or they would give her level two and she would get two to five years in prison. She opted for the former, of course, who doesn't want probation, but she was a drug addict who wasn't in recovery. In, re in retrospect, perhaps it would have been wiser for her to take the two to five, yet here now we have a situation where we're not asking the board to reduce her sentence to two to five. We're asking the board to, to treat it as a two to 15, 
that would give a substantial tail for parole. Certainly, a parole advancement that would have 25 years as the back end uh, is something we'd be very grateful for. Uh, but under the circumstances, we submit that reducing this to 2 to 15 would certainly be an appropriate exercise of discretion, and, and we would ask for that <clears throat> first and foremost. Uh, the prior case, you heard that the individual was uh, programmed through the system and then blew it. Uh, Ms. March, Ms. March has been a drug addict for a long time, and we can say coulda, woulda, shoulda. She should have recognized her addiction and, and taken care of it. Point is that there was no program available to her prior to getting into the system on this case. Uh, it's really regrettable that here we are doing the kind of things and asking for the kind of relief that, frankly, should have been pitched uh, four years ago in front of Judge Perry, particularly when Ms. March blew it so quickly, but better late than never. Uh, point is, she wasn't ready for that then. She is now. And uh, with this kind of family support, with her uh, determination uh, to, to rehab, uh, with her plan ready to go, uh, and with no substantial objection that I can see, I would urge the board to grant her relief. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cornell. I have a, a few questions. Now, are you arguing today that the substantial assistance should be part of a basis for a favorable decision from this board? Yes, in the sense that the substantial assistance today we know would give a sentencing judge the, the, the jurisdiction to reduce an underlying sentence. And I realize we're not here to relitigate cases, but I also realize that typically, though the pardons board can restructure a sentence however it wants to, uh, it generally doesn't go there unless there's a legislative uh, indication that it's an appropriate exercise of discretion. In this case, because of Lucero, it would be an appropriate exercise of discretion. But obviously, Lucero wasn't available at that time. That's correct. Uh, but wasn't was not the substantial assistance the foundation for the provision of a probationary sentence? It at was. The time? Yes, it was. I do have another um, question, Mr. Cornell. And this. You may or may not be able to, to answer this when it's not a legal question, but at least, and I, I see that Miss um, March's husband is here today. There's an indication in the psychological report that he wasn't in somewhat in the picture, I guess, for lack of a better statement, and then in her statement that he is, and he's here today. So will he be part of the support system if she uh, would receive favorable consideration? He certainly will. Perhaps if he'd been there then, this wouldn't have happened, but who knows. But yes, uh, he would be. And there's a, also a statement in Ms. March's statement to this, this board that perhaps she should have gone to trial versus entering into a plea agreement because her co-defendants are, are on parole and one of them did get probation, a probationary sentence. Um, do you have any comment in, in that regard? Because I, as I said, she received some pretty favorable consideration from the sentencing judge. I, I really don't because uh, 
I've had too many times in the past with the board saying, don't retry your case, counsel. So I really don't know the underlying facts in the case. Right. And, that, and that's fine, Mr. Cornell. I, I, the other thing that you'd comment is hindsight is twenty twenty, but you said perhaps she should have taken the two to five at the time. Would, would any defense lawyer recommend two to five in the face of having the ability to put their client on probation or on parole or probation, excuse me? If, if those were the only, uh, believe it or not, I know it sounds counterintuitive, but I've seen it happen. Uh, I, I have seen defense counsel go up to their clients and say, you're such a mess, you should just do the t prison time and, make, and, and do your time easy. I've seen that happen. I remember when I was on the conflict list years ago, I had a case where I was, where Judge Adams called me to the bench and said, don't you want to do that for your client? Don't you think it would be better if he spent a short period of time in probation than 10 years suspended, five years probation? Do you really think your client can do that? And <laughs> what do you say in that situation? Off the record, you're on to something, Judge. On the record, uh, no, of course not. Give him probation, you know. But uh, candidly, I have seen it happen. Questions from the board members, Justice Gibbons. Thank you, thank you, Governor. Uh, Mr. Cornell, I know those of us that are former district judges, we've heard this argument all the time in district court, it's sentencing saying what you just said, give my client the maximum, but put him on probation or he or she on probation to give them a chance, and if they screw up, they gotta do the maximum. God knows how many times I heard that, and I probably bought it a lot of times as well, knowing you have that back end. Uh, I'd just like to know on the revocation here, what were the circumstances surrounding the revocation? What was the violation? And Very all? simple, personal use. Three times in the first week, and first week, the first week or ten days or two weeks, it was really fast. It was, okay. Excuse me. It was uh, one time, one use, and it stayed in my system. Actually, one use, and it stayed in its in her system, and it came back positive three times. But one good. use was one too many. Obviously, right. right. The, the judge had the jurisdiction to revoke probation. My other question is uh, employment. If if she were uh, did receive some. Uh, Parole eventually get parole here, assuming uh, she was made parole eligible. Uh, what's what's her employment situation? Um, my understanding, and I'll have Ms. Jennifer correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Michelle had been a cab driver uh, previously for some time. Jennifer's a cab driver currently, and there's another cab driver position available for. Is that correct? That's so. If you're a convicted felon, it doesn't bar you from driving a cab. Though. No. Thank you, Governor. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Justice Gibbons. Any other questions? Governor, I've got one. Uh, it looks like, uh, if my understanding is correct, she's been actually incarcerated for less than four years on a 10-year minimum sentence. Three years, 10 months. That's correct. Okay. If, if uh, the sentence structure were changed uh, to a uh, 6 to 15, she'd be eligible in 2013. Is that correct? Um, I'll, I'll defer to Ms. Bisbee, but I addressed that in the letter. That's, that's correct because, uh, and, and you can steer me right, uh, it, if it were changed that, it's a Category B felony, the credits go off the back end, not the front. I mean, that was the law before the legislature met, and I believe that's not been changed. Um, yeah, that's my understanding, so that's what would happen in that instance. Thank you. 
Justice Paragary, if, if you changed her sentence structure to a 6 to 15, it would make her parole eligible in 2013. But because of the credit structure off the back end, it would also, a 15-year sentence at this point, would have her expiring the sentence in 2014. Oh, okay. She would do seven and a half on a 15. Any other board member questions for Mr. Cornell? Are there any other person present who would like to speak on behalf of Ms. March? And perhaps before I ask that question, I apologize, sir. Does Ms. March wish to address the, the board? Um, I know she's extremely emotional. I think her position is if there are questions that you have of her, she can answer, she would. Uh, Otherwise, she'd prefer to keep the record as it is. Is that a fair statement? Yeah. That's a fair statement. Do any of the board members have questions for Ms. March? All right, thank you, sir. Please approach. Hey, thank you guys for accepting this. And sir, if you'd please state your name and spell it for the record. Griffin March, G-R-I-F-F-I-N-M-A-R-C-H. I'm her son, and ever since the whole, like, I live in San Francisco, and I moved my father out there a little bit ago, and ever since then, he's been, like, amazingly clean and everything. Like, he's been working really hard, and, we, and I have the whole family that's definitely down to do whatever it takes to make it, make it work, and she's a very, very loving lady. She, she pretty much was the mother for, like, 20 of my friends. So, That's about it. I just wanted to let you know that she's a really good person. Never did anything wrong to anyone. It's hard for me to talk. Uh, it's fine, sir. You just take your time. And yeah, so I just want you to know that she has plenty of support, and I've been supporting my the rest of my family pretty much since this. And yeah, we are definitely all here for her, and everything will be great. Happen. That's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Morning, ma'am. My name is Tina Cecil, T W E N A C E C I L, and um, I know that uh, this is Michelle's first offense here and uh, when she was uh, put on probation she was an addict and there was no help at all the ball was dropped there and um, she stumbled and ended up in prison and uh, she's not a criminal and uh, she definitely has been placed in a criminal status but she's not a criminal she she got addicted nobody happened to see it and um i was just hoping that uh that you know that we we have seen uh the help that has come from this we were all blind the help that has come from this and she's got this family here uh, straight people all willing to 
to drop what they got and, and put their arms around their mom and bring her home. And um, I think that, that if you give her a chance to um, get parole, she can, make, she can make her life. The board, the slate is clear. She can make a good life for herself. You've given her that opportunity, and her family has, has taken that, this opportunity to, to come together. She's got a brother here she, that she hasn't seen in over 15 years, and, and these, are, these are things that have happened. Good things have happened. The only thing we have left, um, if you could um, see that, then um, we would all be able to take that step forward. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Cecil. Is everyone else present? Yes. My name is Teresa Heath. It's T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-E-A-T-H. -E -E and I'm a friend of the family. I used to date Griffey when we were in high school which doesn't really have much to do with what I'm going to say. Um, whenever I was around her, she was very positive. I was brought up with a little more opportunity in my life, but she was always very positive towards me. Um, I was never aware that she was a drug addict, but I don't judge her for that. And even during that, she had a very positive disposition. Excuse me. Um, I feel like if given the proper placement for her in drug rehabilitation. She'd do really well. Um, she's always treated me like family. She never judged me ever. Um, I know that her family really wants help for her and she has a lot of backup. I mean, I don't think that she's ever gonna feel like there's no one there for her anymore now that it's been brought to everyone's attention what's going on. Um, I know that this has been incredibly hard on the whole family. I mean, from what I've heard from them, they've been very distraught. There's a new grandson, and I know they all want her to be around for that. And I think her in a sober condition would be a really great influence on her grandson as well. So, that's all I have to say. Thank you, Ms. Heath. Good afternoon. Um, my name is Shauna Farmer, S-H-A-W-N-A-F-A-R-M-E-R. -E um, I don't know what you guys know about addiction, but um, I myself have been there, and I'm living proof what can happen with another chance and family support. Um, I'm less than a year away with graduating from nursing school with my associate's degree as an RN. Um, I really believe with that family support, which she has, you know, giving another chance that we can keep her going in the right path. I believe that. And I, well, I know that because, like I said, I'm living proof of that. I had been in the same place. I've been clean for seven years, but about 10 years of my life was going down the wrong path, and I was actually given that second chance and the opportunity. And now I'm in a place that I never thought I would ever be. And, um, I, like I said, I believe giving that other chance that she has a good enough family that can keep her in the right path. And that's all. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Farmer.
see Mr. Hilzer in the audience. Are you going to make a presentation on behalf of the Washington County District Attorney's Office? Uh, Why don't you approach Mr. Hilzer? John Helzer, H-E-L-Z-E-R. Um, I came this far to say no. Uh, Mr. Cornell did speak to me. Uh, he accurately indicated what our conversation was. And in this position, I asked if there was a tail, so to speak, uh, some accountability if parole was granted and failed. I didn't oppose the request. Thank you, Mr. Helzer. Is there anyone else present who would like to speak on this application? Mr. Cornell, do you have any closing remarks? I do not. I think I've said all that I intend to say and hopefully need to say. Thank you, Mr. Cornell. Board members? Uh, Governor, I'd make a motion uh, to uh, modify her sentence to uh, uh, maximum 15 years with the minimum parole eligibility of six years. Again, under Lucero, uh, with the pardons board can consider Lucero since we're a board of grace and that has come down. On the other hand, I, I couldn't support Mr. Cornell's request because she had her chance and she failed uh, probation immediately the first week, which is about as quick as I think I've ever heard. But uh, I think here it'd be in, in the hands of the uh, pardons board and the fact that Mr. Helzer doesn't oppose that would be another basis for the motion. Thank you, Justice Gibbons. We have a motion to modify Mrs. March's sentence to a 6215. I'll second that motion. I've, I've, I've got a question on the moment. Now, I want to understand Mr. Helzer's position. Was did, that? Did, one moment. Let me take the second and then we'll have okay. the question. We have a second yes. by Justice Douglas. Question on the motion by Justice Perigary. Mr. Helzer's position uh, supported the reduction of the sentence or only to make it uh, immediately parole eligible with a longer tail? And again, I meant no disrespect by not addressing uh, the other members. Uh, I uh, didn't really discuss that. I, I certainly, if there is a means by which, if she if she becomes parole eligible immediately, and if that is granted uh, pursuant to their discretion, the only uh, I'm not opposed to that as long as there was some uh, tail, so to speak, that if in fact she fails, we'd be back there. So I took no position. We didn't really discuss that. Um, I saw this case differently than your first case. Uh, I, quite candid, uh, there are some very similar cases that are coming up, and I'll probably be taking a similar position in those. And you indicated. Uh uh, Ms. Bisbee, that she would expire in 2014? Yes, sir. If you modify to a 6 to 15, she'll be parole eligible in 2013 and will expire because of credits in 2014. So you would have a tail of, of a year and a half or less. Okay, thank you. Are there any other questions or comment, discussion on the motion? Justice Cherry in Las Vegas, uh, I think this uh, application is way too premature for this uh, this uh, applicant, and I think that there's nothing that I've heard that would uh, let me support either pro eligibility now or uh, Justice Gibbons' motion. I'm going to vote no. Thank you, Justice Cherry. Any further discussion or comment? Secretary, please call the roll. Justice Paragary? No. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Mm. 
Justice Seda? No. Justice Cherry? No. Chief Justice Douglas? Yes. Attorney General Masto? No. Governor Sandoval? No. Motion fails. Governor, is it possible to make another motion at this point? Yes. Justice Perry. Uh, I would move to uh, go ahead and make her immediately parole eligible as recommended by the uh, uh, DOC. There's a motion by Justice Perry to make Ms. March immediately parole eligible. That was recommended the, by the Department of Corrections. Correct. Mm -hmm. And again, would you explain uh, for the benefit of the board uh, what kind of tail that place is? Yes, sir. If Miss um, March is made immediately parole eligible, she currently has an expiration of June 4th of 2020. It would be reduced somewhat by parole credits, but not, um, not significantly. Okay. Thank you. We have a motion by Justice Perigary to make Ms. March immediately parole eligible. Is there a second? I would second that motion. It provides a longer tail and greater supervision is my understanding. There is a second by Justice Pickering. Questions or discussion on the motion? I have a question. Um, I haven't heard any discussion about uh, treatment and that she's received treatment in prison. Um, and it sounds like to me that's really the crux of what we're talking about today. What, what, what's the, um, if we were to move forward with making her parole eligible, how are we guaranteed that she's going to get the treatment she needs either in prison or outside? Uh, my concern is if we are, uh, there is no treatment in prison, she is released, she doesn't have employment. Uh, it's fantastic that the family are, are there to support her and look for programming for her, but if there's no cost or bed space available to her, she's not going to get the treatment she needs. Um, Attorney General uh, Cortez Masto, in, in, page two of the department's uh, report reflects uh, the nine programs that she successfully participated in, um, the relapse prevention, the SOS emotions, the commitment to change, uh, one, two, and core program, and so forth. She's, she's done nine programs inside. Uh, my understanding of how things work, and Director Cox can correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, the WINGS type of programs kick in when the person is getting close to, to the parole date because at this point she's a number of years away. Uh, that program hasn't been made available to her yet, but only for that reason. I, I hope that's correct. Uh, in any event, um, the, what we in, or what the family anticipates is an inpatient 28-day program or however long the professionals think it should be. Uh, that's what's being applied for with respect to launching pad and safe harbor. Uh, that's what would be applied for uh, with respect to bristlecone and the others if, if a bed space is made available and that's where she chooses to go. Uh, after that, of course, there would be aftercare at the discretion of the uh, counselor, which I would think would be pretty substantial. Okay, I guess so. I, my question then would be to um, Director Cox. Uh, based on the program that I've seen here, it doesn't look like any of it is treatment provided. And if I look at the summary, it, it looks like she tried to enroll in ARCH, but due to the time frame of her sentence structure, she wasn't eligible. Well, 
can you explain to me if we make her parole eligible, will she be able to get in any type of treatment in the prison system? Um, to the board, uh, Greg Cox, Director of Department of Corrections, uh, it is correct in reference to the uh, two years, 18 months with her sub with the uh, substance abuse program. Um, she could become eligible for the program, yes, with with the eligibility that you're talking about doing. Could become, but does will for the, for the guarantee that she will get it? There's no guarantee that she will receive it. I, I mean, part of my concern here, and it goes to just what Justice Cherry said, she's only. I think it's premature. Uh, the time frame here, and part of at least what I see is the need for treatment. And if she's not going to be able to afford it on the outside, she needs to get it in prison. And I don't see that she's received it yet. Uh, that's correct, ma'am. The reason, again, she hasn't is because of her sentence structure and the length. Okay, thank you. I, I might note, too, uh, a happy financial change of circumstances since sentencing. Uh, I was retained by Griffin March, who's very gainfully employed, the young man you heard from, and uh, if, if money is not going to be an object as far as treatment goes, if she's released. It would have been four years ago, but not today. Governor, I have a question. Yes. Actually, Just I, have, I have two questions that will have to be directed to two different directions. Um, Mr. Helzer, uh, first, you spoke you, um, or indicated that you saw this case differently than the first. I'd like to hear why. But um, to the director, I note in the file that there are charges pending. She was removed from employment in the laundry area. Um, that is of concern to me. Just to say that, uh, John Helzer, uh, did you want me to address that question? Why is this one different th than Ms. Asiala? I, I didn't necessarily say so different. I, I saw in the first case, which was not, a, uh, I believe, you know, Washoe County case, but I saw an individual who had failed um, uh, and gone to prison, had been released, I thought had been released, and had failed a second time, was faced and been incarcerated a second time. Um, you know, I recall a, a district court judge on one occasion I had a lot of respect for saying, you know, that first trip to prison either uh, makes an impression or it does not. And so I saw that difference in a sense. This individual has gone and it's either going to make an impression and help, uh, you know, in, in recovery or not. I also was, uh, the negotiations in the cases, you know, that offer of, uh, I, I uh, am not an advocate so much of that anymore because I think it places a district court judge in an awkward position of saying, well, we're going to give him a shot at probation, but we're going to have a larger underlying sentence. And then when it comes time to pay the piper, it's difficult sometimes to say, is this really worth that much time? Is this what we really wanted to do? Uh, and then we reevaluate, as has happened here today, whether we should have uh, maybe take, given more consideration to two years. Uh, and had that been the choice, uh, this person would have been out. And uh, I, I, the reason I wanted the tail as uh, I said, well, here's your opportunity. Uh, take advantage of it. If you're not successful, uh, you're going to do some more time, and you're quickly going to be you know, back into prison. So those are the differences I saw. Uh, whether they're substantial or not, uh, they were the reasons that I, uh, I, I, I have to be candid with you. I also uh, appreciate the contact from Mr. Cornell and having a discussion about the case and sharing our ideas on it and coming to that uh, conclusion as opposed to not having that input. That helped me, too. Thank you, Mr. Hauser. Pending uh, charges? Yeah, just to say that I can address uh, the other issue. Uh, what happened was uh, Ms. March had a job in the laundry room. Some other inmate also signed there, brought bleach, not Ms. March. Problem is, is when the prison discovers that, everybody who's in proximity gets a write-up. 
uh, once it went through the process, uh, she was reduced to a minor. It was not whole time or anything like that. But uh, she was not the one who brought the bleach into the into the laundry. Nonetheless, it remains as a reprimand on her record, correct? Correct. Thank you. Director Cox, did you wish to respond? To the board, uh, Director Cox, uh, the incident that the, the attorney is referring to, uh, there was a uh, container of bleach found behind a, uh, a machine there. Uh, it is our practice once a, once contraband is found and wasn't in, was not in her possession, but she was working there. It is our practice to remove all those employed there, and she did have it reduced to a verbal reprimand. We do have a pending motion and a second. Is there, are there any other questions or discussion on the motion? Hearing none, Secretary, we please call the roll. Justice Paragary? Yes. Justice Hardesty? Yes. Justice Pickering? Yes. Justice Gibbons? Yes. Justice Seda? No. Justice Cherry? No. Chief Justice Douglas? Yes. Attorney General Masto? No. Governor Sandoval? No. Motion fails. Uh, Governor, if I may, uh, may I call a quick five-minute recess? Yes. Uh, the board will be in recess until 15 minutes to the hour, so it will be 10-minute recess.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.